0: Oh, oh, Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Clutch Conversations. It's your boy, Mike. We back at you one more again, live on a Thursday night. You know how we do. It's going down. We got ball python shed in the building. But first and foremost, want to get some shout outs, show some love. Shout out to my lovely wife, Dakar. I appreciate everything that you do. Thank you for holding us down. So shout out to the world famous TJ to DJ. Y'all make sure y'all show us some love in the comments. y'all definitely show the channel some love as well make sure you hit that like button hit that subscribe button hit that notification bell make sure you Hulk smash that notification bell so you can get notifications for every time we drop a video we really appreciate the support really appreciate everybody checking us out on the audio only platforms uh clutch conversations is available on all major podcast platforms so that's apple podcasts google podcasts spotify more so make sure you're checking us out there make sure you give us a follow there rate us there leave us a comment show some love really appreciate it appreciate all the support also if you're involved in this reptile hobby in any shape form or fashion make sure you're out there supporting us art and US Art florida the link for both organizations are in the description of this video so definitely go check them out if you don't have a membership get you a membership if you do have a membership donate definitely spread the word Uh, We need as many memberships as possible, making heads count. So definitely make sure you're supporting both U.S. Arc and U.S. Arc Florida. Let's see who we got in the building tonight. We got the homie Wiz in the building. What's good, bro? Thanks for coming out. Thanks for coming out. We got Brian in the building. Heathen Hatchery, last week's guest. Thanks for coming out. We got Moon over Miami. What's good, bro? Thanks for coming out. We got Eric's Moore Factory. Thanks for coming out. We got Blakers Pythons. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming out. We got Ken in the building. What's good, bro? Thanks for coming out. Casey, what's up, man? Thanks for coming out, bro. Let's see what else we got. John, what's good, brother? Thanks for coming out. Y'all make sure y'all go check out John's show. Far Out, what's good? Thanks for coming out, fam. Bailey's Royal Beauties, thanks for coming out. Appreciate the support. Rock, what's good, bro? Thanks for coming out. Windy City Morris, what's up, bro? Thanks for coming out. Got the homie Antoine in the building. What's good, bro? Thanks for coming out. We got Arvin in the building. What's up, Eyes guys? Thanks for coming out. Appreciate the support. David, what's up, bro? Thanks for coming out. Bob, what's good, bro? Thanks for coming out. Will, what's up? What's up? Thanks for coming out. We're going to stop it right there with the podcast whore himself. We're going to pay some dues, show some love to the sponsors. Appreciate Justin, appreciate Shane. We're going to hit you with the sponsor video. Then we're going to hit you with the intro and we're going to be back. Big dreams start in small towns. Small Town Exotics is a family-ran business that specializes in high-quality ball python morphs, western hog noses, and select leopard geckos. They are proud members of U.S. U.S.A.R.C. Florida, and the Orient Society. Stay connected with Small Town Exotics on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Witness their journey as they grow their business and showcase their animals to the world. Thank you, Small Town Exotics, for sponsoring the show. And on these angels, it comes to life. Baby, baby, won't you listen to me? I got that flavor. I know you're dying to feed. I ain't no dancer. Just got some hip in my feet. episode 70 ball python shit what's up bro <laughs>
1: <laughs> i love the introduction noise that's great <laughs> appreciate
0: it man how you doing how you doing
1: i'm doing good thank you thank you for having me on brother
0: yes sir thank you for coming on looks like it's a nice day what i can see out the window
1: yeah no it is uh the sun is shining it got a little warm today uh like we were talking earlier but no man it's great it's great
0: yeah, you can't ask for much more.
1: Hell no.
0: <laughs>
1: Snake babies are hatching, so it's a good time.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah, I definitely want to get into the season. That's one of the main things I wanted to talk about. So, real quick though, let's let's set the stage for everybody. So okay. talk uh talk a little bit about uh kind of how you got started and what led up to ball python shit
1: uh you know i mean basically uh the reality of what led up to ball python shed was uh i was uh kind of like into uh i've been into raising like multiple uh animals and livestock over the years with the deer and the elk uh and the cattle and uh when i got into that it was the genetics part of it and you know what created this to create you know you can even still you know black cows and you breed a black cow together they still all look different they have phenotype and You know, it's just like a snake, every, you know, snakes, some snakes look better than others, they just do. So, uh, you know, and then I got into, uh, you know, the whitetails and the elk, and you know, when you raise the whitetails, they grow antler, and they they shed those off every year, and so you're trying to breed a a better expression of antler, is basically what it is, Okay. and breed what you want to breed, um, that's satisfying for you, you know, as a hunter. Um, is basically what it comes down to and then what the industry uh wants and so it's exactly the same thing as the snakes so i got into all this you know and i'm kind of going along the way and i've had ball pythons basically since i was i'm gonna say in middle school okay uh, went to uh, uh bob clark did a little traveling deal and he he had some uh snakes at, at like a grocery store uh setup i mean this is like way back and i bought like a normal ball python for like 200 bucks from him back then you know because those were normals and this is and so it just kind of progressed from there you know and then like overland park pets in kansas city actually was the p- closest place i could get to because i'm down here in the sticks that would have ball pythons that were displayed um and for sale you know and they had red tail boas and a few other things too you know the berm uh, berms back then too and so that was like really cool to get to go into a place and see the big snakes as a young kid um, without going to like a zoo or something actually physically get to handle them and things and so oh nice yeah that was just that much more inspiring so it was like every three weeks or a month you know i was begging my parents to take me to kansas city <laughs> You guys go do your toys R Us and all that and just leave me over here at the pet shop for half the day. <laughs> half the day if you want. I didn't care. So uh you know, I was just always in, you know, the, the reptile and I caught snakes as kids and just you know the bull snakes and we you know we have a lot of reptiles in this area, so it's it's fun to catch them and so it just all led up to this uh, genetic thing with the ball pythons. So I'm just progressing through the years. Um, and I would say it was probably in 2013, 14, 15 range in 13, we were actually hatching a few babies and like 14, a few more, but I, I got to where I was, uh, I guess I would say successful enough in my other business. I could really start investing in this because it is expensive. And if you're going to take this seriously, it definitely costs money so uh you know that was the year i really uh took a big jump and started investing a lot it was like 14 and 15 and then you know here we are today so i mean i'm blessed uh you know where i'm at for sure for the for the you know i mean amount of time i've been breeding ball pythons you know it's it's been a it's been a fun ride so far that's for sure
0: gotcha yeah so actually um i want to talk about like the business side of things so Um, you spoke about like your initial investment back in what, 13, 14, that was when you first started investing biz. So what did that investment look like? Like, were you investing in the high end stuff or were you bringing in more animals? Like, how'd you kind of start off once you start doing it from a business perspective? Uh, You
1: know, basically, um, I'm going to say visualist probably side of it was more than anything because I didn't quite understand the business side of it. You know, I'm trying to follow it and understand But, uh, you know, recessive wasn't quite as important as it is now. Um, You know, a clown was really nice and those were, you know, had potential you could see. But, you know, Justin, you know, obviously he really, really pumped that clown thing up, you know, through 15, 16, 17 and 18 and really blew it up. So that helped a lot. But um, it was basically going into it and investing in what I thought i could see as maybe like the next cool thing and then i actually was uh the asphalt stuff uh was like nice. really high end. yeah that was like a really high-end you know super asphalt for 10 and twelve thousand dollars back then just oh, for wow a one. yeah just for a normal one you know and and uh freeways you know breeder circle had highways and those things were beautiful on uh, the freeways come out and i'm just sitting there you know me you know at, In the other business, trying to be a visualist, you're, like, trying to visualize. So then you see these pastel freeways and these Mardi Gras, and you're like, wow, you know, the clown is beautiful. If you could turn this into a clown, this could be, like, one of the most amazing things, you know. And so I just – that was basically the kind of the route I started on was I got into the asphalt gene, and then I kind of went every different direction with that. And then I started adding the clown, you know, and the pied in the last few years, the desert ghost into that. But it's all just, you know, been an evolving process. And and don't get me wrong, I've stretched my tentacles out into every basically project there <laughs> is for the most part, because <laughs> that's how addictive this is. But, yeah, I mean, that's the, the asphalt gene, I would say, is probably what put me on the map, to be honest. Yeah.
0: Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. So early on, like how many animals were you working with?
1: Um, so I would say in like 14, I had, uh, I think 11 clutches.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. It wasn't a lot. I mean, I was in, you know, back then you're just, you're just hatching some stuff, you know, I, I had bought like a bongo back then. So I was just hatching some like cool little, you know, bongo right there in the very beginning of like 14 and 15 and, you know, and like. You're just making like super pastel calico yellow bellies back in like thirteen. And that you know, that was still a pretty powerful little animal. Yeah. Yeah. And so that you know, basically that was kind of the route I was going, you know, thinking recessive, but not quite understanding uh the business fully at that time for sure.
0: Gotcha. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah it's interesting, like you said, like just being like real visual with it, because that's how it was when I first uh picked up or started investing into like snakes and yeah. ball pythons and stuff like that and building my collection like the first thing that like really appealed to me was like like really bright like just kind of like eye-popping combos but then when i learned more about it like i started thinking about it differently like i still like breathe for things that like i like but i'm yeah. also kind of like thinking like long-term value and what's a long-term project and what's a project that i can like build on over the long term that hopefully hold value like over a long-term period
1: yeah absolutely yeah, no, and banana was one of those examples like you were talking. You know, it's pretty, it's bright. Uh, when you put yellow belly into it, it really makes some really crazy animals. And, I, you know, I did a lot of that banana stuff, too, in the very beginning just because it was really, really nice stuff. These days, I still have some banana in, and, you know, a few combos, and but it's very, it's getting more selective, I would say.
0: Gotcha. So when you got into banana, what year was that and how much were they going for then?
1: Oh, man. Uh, so I bought banana from Brian Barchek in 2014. I think that was a Lemon Blast banana female, and I gave two grand for her. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, no. And then uh, I bought several like uh, Rob Starsman had like a group of pastel bananas, like four of them for sale for like $1,400 apiece at that time. If you bought all four. And so I bought all I bought all those. <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, that bananas were, it was all about the female back then. I did understand the breeding side of that, which was, which was nice. That was explained to me in the beginning, you know, so I didn't get lost in all this male maker banana stuff. But, uh, but yeah, no, the banana is definitely a learning lesson too. Yeah. You know?
0: Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. I've heard some, like some crazy stories about the banana prices at first, when it first came out and how expensive they were.
1: Oh, man, I'm glad I didn't actually get involved in all of that. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I heard some, like, $50,000, $60,000 prices thrown around, and guys really got the money for it several yeah. times, too, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's what I heard, and then everybody started picking them up, and most of them were males, and so people were reproducing it, like, fairly quickly, and then it just yeah. started to be, like, a race to the bottom for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But I definitely like banana, and I still got some in my collection. I actually just hatched um, some clown combos. that has got banana in the mix, so I really like it.
1: Yeah, I think I think banana has its place. I mean, the freeway bananas, I, I really like them. I mean, they still look really nice, and I'll probably always make a couple clutches every year just because it's one of those snakes that I enjoy making.
0: It's hard to go wrong with a freeway combo. Hard, It really is. <laughs> I mean,
1: just they're, they are pretty no matter what. Um you know, I, like I put up that post like a couple weeks back on the freeway, you know, because that was basically kind of where I started was the asphalt gene. Like we were talking earlier and I just was showing the progression of the price throughout the years. And, you know, just showing people if you do get in these projects early enough, even if the price drops in half or drops 80 percent, as long as you're in the project early enough, you're, you're going to do just fine.
0: Absolutely. So I yeah. saw that post that you uh, were talking about. And, like, it was going through, it probably had, like, nine, ten years or so of, like, prices on it uh, for that project. Did you just pull all that from Morph Market? Like, where'd you pull that data from?
1: What's up, Antoine? Uh, No, actually, that's just memory. Um, Okay. Yeah, no, because I was basically right in the heat of the asphalt gene throughout that whole process. Um, and there's actually a few other genes like the acid gene, acid confusion, and the stranger. A couple of those guys asked me if I wanted to do that. I wasn't like in depth right in the middle of the stranger prices when they first came here, but I did know several, there was like eight original strangers that came over here in like 2015-ish, I think it was. Um, you know, and I knew several of the people that got the original strangers. and so yeah, I, I thought about doing another one, you know, just to kind of show those progressive things.
0: Yeah, that'll be pretty cool. I hope you do that. Shout out to homie Troy. What's good, bro? I appreciate it. Appreciate the support. <laughs> Let's see what he said. Wants to know why you haven't sent your child. Why haven't you sent your child support payment, bro? <laughs> just,
1: yeah. I'll, I'll give it to him in Pomona.
0: <laughs> Troy has like some of the best jokes in the chat. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Appreciate the support. Very so. Simple. When you first started, did you kind of come out the gate as Ball Python Shed or did that name go through multiple iterations? Like, how did that work for you?
1: You know, that was, uh, I guess, kind of an interesting one. I'll be on, I'll tell you kind of exactly that. Um, we did come out with the uh, Ball Python Shed, but we probably, I think it was around 2017 before we actually put the logo out. Um, and the reason why is because we do live in the Midwest. Um, you know, my kids go to a Christian school and we do, uh, you know, where people around here are very like, uh, you know, selective in their thoughts, I guess I would tell you. So we didn't like, like be very, very vocal and very open about this. Cause we didn't want the people in town to freak out that we're raising <laughs> snakes. I didn't want my kids to be giving crap that your parents raised snakes, you know? And so I just kind of like to prove my point, you know what I mean? I, I want to prove to everybody that this was a successful business and I could kind of make this run, and now no one in town cares. Everybody's intrigued by it, and they all want to come see it, and they all want to ask a million questions. I go walk through Walmart, and they go, hey, I see you at a bowl
0: python for sale for like five grand, and I'm like, yeah, I do,
1: okay. You know, and everybody wants to talk about these crazy snakes, but, you know, and, and that's really cool because it makes you feel good. But, yeah, I mean, for a long time, I'll be honest with you, we hid it from the public uh, basically just because – you know we didn't know what kind of backlash we would get almost you know in in the eye of the public around here and then it just got like i said got to be successful so i just didn't care nowadays um we just do our thing and you know just yeah, go along I,
0: with it. I like that i like that strategy show improve and then bam. yeah no and and
1: so basically i i don't even think anyone knew what i looked like my face looked like until about 2018
0: or 19 um oh really
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I even like Bob, you know, I'd met him a couple times at a show where, you know, back in like Daytona, like 15 or 16, I think I shook his hand a couple times, but we didn't know each other. And, you know, when you don't really like know each other, the face thing, you know, you see the person, but you don't know, them, you know, and you move on and. I can just remember like a couple of years after that one time we were talking about something. And he sent me a message He's like, hey, can you just screenshot a picture of your face? So exactly what you look like. And I was just dying laughing. And I'm just like, you know, I really am bad about that. I just uh, I, I kept it on the down low for a long time.
0: <laughs> can you screenshot me your face? <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's been so many years. But that was funny. I still remember it.
0: What would you say back to him?
1: I think I I, I don't even know if I sent a screenshot to him. I think I just <laughs> laughed at the comment or something. I don't even remember. But, but yeah, it was good. It was good.
0: Nice, nice. And yeah. So is is you, your wife, and your kids running the business, or is it just primarily you, you and Jackie? Like, who's how how are you doing it?
1: Uh, yeah, no, it's pretty much a family deal. The kids are becoming more involved as they get older. Um, they have a lot of sports and things. You know, I'm I kind of letting them focus on. Uh, being kids a little bit right now. So okay. uh, I definitely do push them into the environment, but not like strong, you know, I'm kind of letting them just, you know, organically involve into it a little bit if they want.
0: That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And so how are you liking like the family ran, family owned aspect of it?
1: Um, I love the family run family aspect of it just because, you know, you, you pretty much, know the loyalty is there Um, so that works out real nice the bad part about it is you got to be a boss sometimes and uh, you know Jackie probably not very happy with me <laughs> yeah, at least one day of the week
0: <laughs> it's not personal it's business <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's
1: what I try and tell her you know so
0: no, I can uh, tell you from experience that does not work <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, we you know we've been doing it enough years now. We definitely make it work. Uh if I get frustrated enough, I just walk away because it's just not worth it anymore, and I just come back with a different attitude. So
0: <laughs> that's what's up. So like what is y'all's I guess like business philosophy? Like, what what would you describe or characterize your brand? Oh man, my brand? <sighs>
1: I don't really know. That's a good question. And I never really thought that one through. Hmm.
0: That's a hard one to answer. Like when, like, cause when, when I was asked that question, like I was, I had the exact same response. I was like, well, it was, you know what? I don't, I don't really know. So that yeah. that can be a hard one to answer. Like sometimes. Yeah,
1: no, I guess uh basically just, uh I guess one word to maybe try and like, I'm trying to like, put out is like a clean classy you know a nice you know environment um just like the whole the whole persona the whole thing and you know just try and treat people the best i can but man that's a good question i'll think about that one
0: nice yeah. nice so bob said sell snakes party hard that's the brand <laughs> <laughs>
1: Bob's Ball Shed, man, you know, that's our—that's the brand.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, so talk about that, uh, both the Patreon that you just mentioned, and just kind of like how that whole like community that y'all got going kind of came together.
1: Yeah, no, uh, me and Bob always kind of like tried to figure out, you know, we did the sh- start doing all the shows together, you know, a few years ago, uh, and uh, that, you know, it all kind of just jived really nice, and You know, I don't care if he sells my snakes and I'll sell his snakes. You know, the partnership thing works fantastic. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's evolved into basically we have so many people daily asking us questions to ID animals and they see us together. So a lot of times they'll send us questions like. You know, they'll send Bob a question or me a question and try and get opinions and not every time we ID everything exactly the same. Everybody has a, you know, has a different opinion on a few things. But it basically evolved into all these people wanting this information and we didn't really want to charge for it because we were really against the Patreon thing. And so at every show we're talking like, man, we should really like do something We're like I just don't really want to charge people for this information. It just doesn't seem right. And I know he even said that vocally on some of these like podcast things, you know, and and so we were just like talking one day and, you know, trying to go through some stuff. And I just kind of went to him with a couple little ideas and he threw a couple ideas back at me and, and we were like, you know, let's just kind of throw this together. And, you know, like in our group, we give it all back to everybody in credits and things like that. So it's actually worked out really nice. And we give away, I used to uh, have an actual raffle group. And I would do, like, two or three raffles every month in there for Ball Python Shed. Oh, nice and I, built, I built that up over a few years, and that was actually worked out really nice. And uh, so, basically, we just, like, went into there and told a bunch of the raffle group. were like, hey, me and Bob are putting this together. You're spending your money with my raffles in here. You might as well just get free raffles. Join the Patreon. You're spending the same money anyway. You might as well get a value for it. You know, and so we probably drug 20 or 30 people out of that group real quick. And, you know, because they understood the value and already understood, you know, where what was going on in that group.
0: And then other than
1: that, we've organically just kind of grown it up to like 80 people. I think it's at right now. We don't push for it. We don't really advertise it. We do hand the cards out at the shows everywhere we go. But, you know, I mean, other than that, we're just kind of letting everybody just do their own thing in there is really what it comes down to.
0: Gotcha. So, you know. How many tiers do y'all have? We have
1: the three-tier uh, deal. So, uh, you know, and then the top tier, um, the, the top two tiers, you get in the raffles. Um, and then we do the Zoom calls usually every Tuesday, every other Tuesday. Um, I'm sure as season gets going with all the shows, we'll be back to, like, every Tuesday night. We try to do, like, a 30 minutes, to hour long Zoom call. Um, so, yeah, it um, seems to work out pretty good. Everybody kind of likes the information. What me and Bob are really honest about is our show uh, sales. Um, And so we try to bring a really good perspective to that because, you know, like Kendall rides, rides around with me everywhere. And, you know, he talks to other people on the side that I don't talk to in his, you know, in his uh, snake world. And he'll just be like, you know, I think a lot of these guys at these shows see you guys and they hear the money you guys make, but they actually don't ever see it. And so it's like, you know, and he goes, I see it because a lot of people, you know, they might they they say they want that snake for two grand or something. And you just mark sold go put it in a bag and they show up an hour later and pay you because they just say they want it and they're still looking around. And so the transaction didn't happen right in front of everybody, but that is the way it does happen a lot. Like if you walk up and say, hey, Josh, I want that right there. I'll catch up with you later this afternoon. That thing's going in a bag behind the table and I'll see you this afternoon. No questions asked. You know, it's that simple. Um, So that, you know, a lot of people. And so that was why we wanted to explain to the Patreon group how much we do make at these shows. And, you know, it definitely inspires some people, I think, to definitely keep it going.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So with that kind of hey, what's up, Josh? I want that snake. Can you put it to the side? Do you ever have people who kind of like go back and say, hey, I saw something else or I changed my mind or, or I asked my wife and she said no, so I can't get this one today. You ever have that happen?
1: Uh, Probably not if they've actually told me to put it behind the table. Um, if they, okay. they may like go find another snake and they'll come up to me and be like, Hey, uh, I w- I found another animal. Can I do half down on that right now? And I'll catch you the other half, like in a week or two, you know, I really need to get this other animal or something. I'm like, yeah, sure. Whatever, you know, and then just, here's the animal pay me in a couple weeks, you know, and we just, we do a lot of that stuff for sure.
0: Gotcha. And so you don't have to put a number on it, but would you say uh, just strictly in terms of comparison um, are show sales better than, more? let's say, Morph Market sales or other, like, online platforms for you?
1: I would say probably a 50-50 mix. Uh, okay. When when Morph Market's rocking, Morph Market's rocking. I mean, you really can't deny that. And, you know, anybody that really does deny that um, just kind of just doesn't like the vibe is really what it comes down to. Because, you know, I mean… everything has it has its time you know even the shows are slow at times so you know morph market can allowed you know is allowed to be slow at times so uh so yeah no i would just say it is 50 50. there are times certain shows like tinley um that you can really kill it and you know you'll move 20 or 30 animals and you'll do really well You know, and that's like a whole month's worth of like sales, uh, you know, like you would do in Morph Market and things like that. But those are just every now and then, you know, those that doesn't happen every single time. But, um, yeah, I would say Morph Market private treaty sales is 50 percent and then the shows is the other 50 percent.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Don't give
1: up on the sales platforms. I think those are very, very important.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. Like, it might be a little slow right now, like, for certain people or for, like, certain animals and stuff like that. But I do feel confident it's going to pick back up.
1: Yeah, no, it is. Actually, I think it's kind of picked up. It kind of is slowly picking up, but it's in waves right now for sure.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So what shows are you doing?
1: We are doing all of the uh, NARBC shows uh for the most part i think all of them we can technically get to um most all the reptilian nation shows okay there are a couple in places that we can't get to on his uh but that's just a couple um and then uh, we do the kansas city cold-blooded show because it's just an hour and a half up the road and it's a one-day show so we always do that in kansas city and that's actually been a really good show um and that's really about, you know, I'll do like uh, Pomona and Daytona. Those are kind of out of those couple loops, but they're in their own little deal. So I definitely run the country.
0: Which of those shows do you like the best?
1: Man, that's tough. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it depends on what environment we're going for.
0: <laughs>
1: some Some shows are better for like for the gang to have a good time and some are better for the, uh, for the sales. (laughs) Gotcha.
0: (laughs) Depends. It depends. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. No, it's, but every place, actually, every place has been good to us. Uh, I, we did that ozone show down there in Atlanta, like a month ago or something. And that was probably, you know, I think it was kind of a new little deal he was putting on. So that didn't go over very successful. Um, but other than that, um, Everything else has been, I would say, pretty good to us. You know, if if we did, if we had us, like if I had a soft show one time, the next time I made up for it there. And just I really feel like uh, the sh- these guys are really doing a good job of building their base
0: in their areas. Nice. I want to yeah. go back to one of Troy's comments from earlier. OK, so he said that you're one of the most honest and upfront trusting people in the <laughs> industry. And so, like, I haven't bought a snake from you, but I did see uh, you make a post, maybe it was a couple weeks back. But anyway, there was a person who had like a stranger um, combo um, on a payment plan. I think they owed like 3,400 left on it and you had reached out to them and you messaged them You said, Hey, the stranger prices have come down. And so you like basically slash the remaining balance in half. Is that something yeah. that you typically do kind of like analyze or was that a one off kind of thing? And first off, um, that was dope. That was real dope because a lot of people wouldn't do that. And so that was dope and commendable yeah. too. But is that something you do is kind of like analyze prices like that? Or was that just kind of a one off? I
1: think you have to do that, to be honest with you. Um Because this business is kind of tricky with things. Um, There are projects that, you know, people get into. They're newer into the business. They buy a really nice high-end animal. We'll just say it like the stranger. Um, And then the next year, you know, we have a dip in uh, in the business like we're kind of having right now. But they invested and bought a $10,000 stranger last year that they're breeding with um you know strangers will still sell for 1500 to two grand i mean they just will um no matter what i mean i know that's getting down there and the price on them a little bit but if your ten thousand dollar stranger made you five clutches and gave you three strangers per clutch you're still gonna do pretty well on that animal um you know and then long term you'll have your hats and your double hats and all that stuff that you can keep back so Um, Yes, everybody does. I'll just say it does get caught up in this business in an animal or a combo that they pay a lot of money for and the price drops. That just happens. Um, Not all animals. I mean, it seems like like the acid clowns uh, seem to be holding more value and staying stronger than the strangers now. Um, So it's kind of like there's almost becoming a flip flop. The strangers were so you know, the acids were so popular. And the stranger clowns came in and now the strange now the acid clowns come in and they're just so much better of a version of just you know quality contrast craziness everything and so it's just kind of like becoming a little bit of a flip-flop when it comes to the clown version so
0: yeah gotcha gotcha yeah, yeah I, mean, I really i love both of those so i love I stranger i don't have any stranger in my collection right now but hopefully that'll change in the next year or so and then yeah. I really love the acid confusion stuff. I like guess it's, it's nice, and yeah, I plan yeah. on heavily working that heavily. Yeah, yeah. Like I got a mail this year, putting in a lot of work, so I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to some clutches start hitting the ground. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I, I'm. You know, and I do post up quite a bit of acid stuff, and I'm kind of nutty about it. To be honest with you, I just love the gene. I, I think I have an acid mail almost in every like. head puzzle, head DG, head everything. You know, so. <laughs> But, yeah, no, I do love it
0: so that's um actually the perfect segue into like kind of the next topic so let's talk projects yeah so what projects are you working now I mean you've said some of them but what are some of your like main staple projects that you're that you're working
1: I would say my my next uh big thing uh it's probably gonna set me hopefully aside from everyone else is the puzzle project um just because the last few years I really haven't sold any hets but just maybe like a few on the female side and I've almost kept everything and I know that sounds like overzealous maybe a little bit but I just I feel like as a you know coming into this as a visualist you see all the clown combos and these things are amazing and I still think there's five years worth of amazing clowns to be made But when that five years is up, it's probably going to be puzzled, you know, just because the contrast is there, the pattern's there. And it is a beautiful recessive when you add it to Desert Ghost and you put it back to to the clown. Um, You know, I know there's uh, half the people are like puzzle clown. I don't think it's going to be great, but I actually think it's going to be really, really nice once the combos are made.
0: Gotcha. So I checked my shipping notifications today. I was a little bit bummed because I didn't get my FedEx notification. That my OD chocolate pastel DG puzzle was coming. I thought you were going <laughs> to send it to me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. I know he's you got a, big he's plans
1: now. He's had a few meals.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know you got big plans for him.
1: Yeah, no, I'm actually going to, I've got like 10 DG females held back and a few puzzle females. So I'm just going to kind of float him into whoever goes and starts going first, you know?
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So how do you go about planning your projects? Like is it all just kind of is it based on like solely on what you like? Um, is it based on the market? Kind of a mixed bag. Like what's your thought process and how are you going through that planning it out, especially those long-term projects?
1: Uh the long term projects right now, um, I'm basically getting in um I'm bit. I'm, I'm positioning myself for the waves. Um and so I think everybody needs to do that at some point. I think it's just you need to be in the business long enough to understand the business to then position yourself in the business. So it's like, I'm just, I think, you know, the desert ghost puzzle um, and I, I, you know, my holy grail animal, desert ghost, uh, exantic puzzle clown. You know, you get those four combinations, you put them together I feel like that's going to be probably one of the nicest triple quad recessives you can produce. That's, that's my, where my mental, you know, that's where I'm headed mentally. Uh, there may be other people that like other stuff that they'll put into, you know, and they think it's going to be better. That's great. I still think it's a great direction to go. It's going to take us all a long time to get there. Um, and so there's a, there's just a lot of long-term value. So basically, um, I invested you know quite a bit of money again last year i think you know a few people know i bought quite a few nice animals uh the desert ghost exantic the the desert ghost puzzle and then a whole arsenal of nice females and a few other little things and so basically i'm just positioning myself now so if all this stuff just is sells really good over the next couple years but then in three or four years we have another nice big wave like we usually have then I'm just trying to, you know, in the Ultramel puzzle, I have a lot of Ultramel puzzle stuff. I have quite a bit of that. Um, And so it's just all that stuff, I I guess. Yeah,
0: I'm just waiting. (laughs) Nice. So I think about puzzle every week. I'm not in the project, but I think about it every week. And I do see a lot of potential there. Like, I feel like I'm probably missing out. Um, I said I wasn't gonna get puzzle, but I go back and forth, back and forth. But like Ultra Puzzle and Hypo Puzzle, that's some that's two projects that I would really love to work and even DG Puzzle. Uh yeah, for sure. Real quick, shout out to Mr. Patel. He said that you're holding back all the puzzle. I appreciate the super <laughs> chat, bro. He said, What's your big, biggest puzzle project right now?
1: Uh I would say the biggest, I have ultra puzzle, there's uh, there's probably like between the double heads and triple heads, um, you know, in The you, there's probably like 15 or 16 animals. So, you know, that I'll be breeding on this next year. And then I, like the hypo puzzle, there's probably up to like, you know, eight or 10 double hat females now of those. And then the DG puzzle, I just have the one double head female of that, that the male will breed this fall, but you know, that's that I'm just building that base on that from here now. So
0: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, cool. I mean
1: I've got so I would say half half my collection now is basically uh focused into the puzzle project.
0: Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. It's going in hard.
1: Yeah, I mean I just I don't I don't see why not. I mean a clown can be as good as it can be for as long as it can be, puzzle can do the same. So it's just position yourself, you know. I think that's the main thing in this business.
0: Nice, go bigger, go De- home.
1: Desert Desert Ghost is gonna have a great run, just like Puzzle. So, um, yeah, just you know, be ready for it.
0: Hundred yeah. percent. Shout out to the homie Bosa. Appreciate the super chat, bro. Appreciate all the love week after week. Appreciate it. So, yeah, I do think there's a lot of potential with puzzle. And like I said, I go back and forth, back and forth. I keep saying I don't want to get extra projects, but something keeps telling me, get in the puzzle, get in the puzzle, get in the puzzle. (laughs) And speaking of interesting projects, so what are your thoughts on the whole DG discussion that's going on right now?
1: Um, I'm basically, uh, to be honest with you, 100% treating DG like DG has been treated for the last 20 years. Um, you know, if we are breeding with basically a super form animal that, you know, then uh, then every animal is going to be het for it in some way if you're breeding with a super. So I just I don't see why people are going to get all bent out of shape or even question the project. Really, I, I think just now with validity and, and verification, I think we just go harder at it, to be honest.
0: Yeah, that's uh kind of my take too. like at first when I first heard it, it took me a while. To like kind of digest it and understand like what was going on i had to watch the video and some of the discussions like a couple times just to understand it because it wasn't the way that i was like used to thinking about stuff and there was like some uncertainty like just amongst like folks to talk to and stuff like that and so like working through like all the wrinkles and stuff like that and and kind of getting better understanding um i feel like i got a, a decent understanding of what's going on now but my strategy is to keep plugging away and doing what i was doing before um, well, I mean, 100%. We've yeah. been acting like that for like since DG been out and it's been working. So I'm going to just continue to do that. I may start testing like later on, like testing more animals. But like right now, I'm not like I, I'll wait for like at least the DGC for there to be a little bit more clarification on that piece and kind of how it factors into the project. But like I got some DG stuff working this year. I'm just continue plugging away. And yeah, no, I'm just everybody.
1: Everybody should. Yeah
0: absolutely so when you first heard uh about it like was your initial reaction different than kind of like your your take now uh no uh
1: just because i've been you know when i was uh involved in the cattle business we had uh uh you know we have rgi and agi you know and i was dealing with the other one through the, the cattle testing just you know on a weekly basis sending in blood testing through dna and getting these percentages of heritability and ribeye and marbling and all this stuff and so you know I already kind of understood a lot of that stuff that kind you know so it was like when this come out um and we've already proven base. I mean we've already proven what DG does so I just I think it's more along the lines of we're gonna have to deal with a million questions uh, like the banana like the new breeders getting in and want to know the mailmaker maker banana question you know and and so you'll just have to sit there and explain, you know, the DG thing to several of the new people. But most of the people that are already involved should just basically know you breed with a visual male. And I'm going to buy I'm going to buy hats still today. I'll buy hats. No problem.
0: Have you been getting a lot of questions from like folks in your group about or folks that come to you with questions about DG?
1: um not really uh we do talk about it in the patreon group quite a bit um there was a a handful of people in there that were really trying to wrap their head around it and understand it and i think they've all pretty much got that figured out now um just because they watched the video um you know and i i did make that post on chad holker you know that this the way they rolled it out was terrible i made that comment and then justin came in and you know made a comment underneath there you know and and I wasn't actually trying to be vindictive about that. But at the end of the day, there's too many new people in this business that <laughs> don't understand genetics at all. And so it's like you, you really have to break it down to them or you get those funny messages, you know, like, I'm going to breed my DGs to normals now and see if I can hit. like, who's wasting their time doing this? <laughs> so... But little things like that get said, and there are people that just take it and run with it, and it's just terrible sometimes.
0: Cool. Glad to hear you doing some damage control. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no, man, everybody go with DG. Breed it up. breed Oh, poorly. yeah. yeah.
0: Please do. Continue. As yes. <laughs> much as possible. All right, so I want to shift over a little bit uh, to, like, your breeding operation. So how's your season going right now?
1: Uh, my season actually has just got going. Um, I just started hatch. I'm into my, my fifth clutch right now. Um, uh, my eggs came a little bit later this year, but, uh, I usually have around 90 to hundred clutches, uh, a year. Uh, I've had up to like 120 before, but it looks like I'm gonna, I did cut my collection down kind of like everybody else did some, like, you know, few animals. And over the last six months, I probably cut a hundred animals out um I had the holdbacks to replace them so they'll all come on this next this this fall but uh but yeah no it's uh I would I would say like 70 clutches this year so I'll be down you know 25 30 clutches I think the quality is up so I think my value will hold just fine gotcha but, but uh yeah that's basically where I'm at this year
0: so you think 90 to 100 is kind of your sweet spot or do you want to get bigger than that at some point? I do want
1: to get I do want to get bigger than that because between all the shows um, and you know over the last couple of years, like, this is the first year. So I'm hatching babies right now. Um, usually every year I start hatching in May and June, and I usually don't hatch much before that. And I've the last four years in a row been sold out and not had any babies available to sell going into hatching the two months before this year I probably have around 60 babies left. I have 35 of them on morph market and that is all I have. So, I mean, it still was a fantastic year if you look at it. Um, and you know, I mean, cut a few deals, sell a few, few babies here and there, you know, to try and make a little bit of room here at the end is what I've tried to do the last few weeks. But other than that, yeah, it's been good. So I'm just going to roll into, uh, all these babies right now. And then, you know, hopefully, get up to around 150 clutches is kind of going to be my goal. I don't, I don't know that I want to be bigger than that. As long as I can have a uh, hundred to 150 solid, solid clutches, I think I can be happy with that.
0: Are you typically only breeding in certain months of the year, or do you kind of like do pairings all year round? But you kind of um, baby.
1: I, I live off my ultrasound machine. Um, okay, yeah. And I, it's bad too because I think I could probably pair up some of these girls like coming up, like here in July, that I haven't paired for like three months because they haven't shown anything and maybe get them going early coming into fall. But I just have never done that in the past because they're just showing like an eight millimeter. And I'm just like, yeah, I ain't going to mess with you till November or whatever.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. So <coughs> I've been trying to live off my ultrasound machine yeah. as well because. I want to get it to where I'm having to do like probably three three pairings max, yep. like three locks max per female. Um, and so that's where I want to get. And so I've been waiting till they get to about ten or eleven before I even throw a male in there. Then I let them grow, and then obviously they're showing like good growth. Then I put the male in there again. And so I've been trying to get three locks. It's been a f- couple where um, I've done more more than three this year, but yep. each time when I look back. Um, at my records, I look back and I see that I start trying to pair way before she was at like 10 or 11 because I was trying to see if like I can get like a jump off pair. And so in each one of those cases, I ended up pairing the mail like four times, stuff like that. But I really want to get to like three because I want to get to a point where I can be like super efficient and sure. spread that mail around as much as I can, <laughs> especially as I start to deal with like uh more and more powerful males and so i want to like spread the love across and so i want to be pretty disciplined with doing that so i've been living off the ultrasound too and been it's hard sometimes because you just want to throw a male in there you want to get some locks like <laughs> no but
1: it, it is actually one of the best strategies because yeah i've done it everybody i know that's a veteran breeder has done it we have killed males that we just have we've overbred them and they just wouldn't eat and, eat and eat and eat and eat and they just dissolved away. And, you know, I couldn't, you know, I've, I've, there's probably been like two males over the years that I had a pastel nanny male years ago. I think I got like nine clutches out of him and all he wanted to do was breed and breed and breed. And I thought he was still fine. And then he just shut down eating after that and didn't eat for like five months. And then you just open the tub and he's gone. And it's just like, you know, it's like, gosh, what could I have done better so yes, I don't even do that kind of stuff anymore. All that is like old history, five plus years ago. Like I learned my lesson. So it's it's all basically what you just said. Live off the ultrasound machine. Try to get your mail a thousand plus grams. Get that two to three just perfect locks. I love the 18 and 25 millimeter range. Everybody has their preference, but that is my preference uh and you know so it just kind of you know and if you have a mature male and you hit those two you're pretty you're 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 guaranteed you're gonna get those
0: so your first lock is in the 18 to 25 if it's a
1: mature male uh in the and i'm ultrasound in and i see a female in that like 12 to 15 range and all of a sudden she went up in follicle size i will breed her there um but i If I can find them in that 18 range, I do love to breed that. 15, 18, any of that's probably perfect. And then I will go, I ultrasound all my animals every two weeks. So every 14 days, no matter what, all the animals in the whole facility, I spend one day ultrasounding. And then so I know exactly where everybody's at at all times. And then so I just go right in at the 25, 28 millimeter range and boom, just hit her one more time. Got it. I will say like, and you probably know this, but for like some of the audience out there, I even talked to like my buddy Troy on here and several other people. And I've even had it happen with, you know, a couple of my clutches, Bob knows, if you breed with a young male and you try to perfect this ultrasound thing with a young male, it doesn't always work like that. Um, you will get those locks if, you know, if you breed him right, but you probably should throw a third or fourth lock in there and back off a couple females, um, especially if it's a very expensive male and he's a young male because, you know, it's just the pressure. It's just, and then you, you get weak veined eggs. And, you know, if you don't get those three or four locks, you, you get eight eggs out of a clown female to your puzzle desert ghost. You're really trying to get something nice, but they'll, they'll all go bad, maybe, you know? So it's like, just make sure the young males, you are doing what you got to do. I guess I should say.
0: That's good to know. That's good to know. That's great advice great advice so at what point like when a male goes off food during the uh, breeding season like at what point are you like pulling them
1: um so nowadays uh the management of the males is once uh everything is eating i get everything up to the appropriate size i want it and then i start breeding the animals once they start breeding uh usually the first four or five locks they're always eating still no problem in between those locks is once you get into like moving them to multiple females and they get really like, I have a puzzle male. You turn him loose in there and he's gonna go in and bite them girls and he's gonna whip her around and I mean he's like boxing her in the tub, you know. So <laughs> it's like you know you know thing. He's gonna get her in position and take care take care of it. So um, so yeah, you know, and then he shuts down eating when he does that for like a month. And so then I'll just like, I'll use him over that month. And then that's when I just say, I have like three puzzle males, you know, so then I'll move to the next puzzle male, make sure he eats and then let the other puzzle males just take over. Um, Just, I just almost, unless it's like a really expensive animal that I can't afford a double, I, you know, I think as a breeder, you're trying to be at a top level um if you can afford the second mail and your collection's big enough you probably should
0: yeah yeah, yeah. having a backup mail is is great like yeah i don't have backup mills in all my projects but that's definitely a goal of mine is to get to the point to where i can have backup meals in, in every project because like I, I dealt with that last year right like i had meals that went on food and last year was really kind of my first like breeding breeding year I had like one clutch the year before and then I had multiple clutches last year but when the male went on food like I didn't feel comfortable putting them in there because I didn't want to like lose the male just because I was trying to like push them too hard and I didn't really have the experience and so like I just re- erred on the side of caution right but I didn't have like, no. a backup male and so I'm, I might have ended up having to put do a pairing that I wasn't as excited about or just not do a pairing with that female. It just really kinda depended. And so having a backup male is is clutch, no pun intended.
1: Yeah, no, and don't worry about your males not eating because that that's actually nature of the beast. I mean, you know, during hunting season, the white tailed deer, the buck basically shuts down eating for a month and just chases those does around. I mean, he doesn't really care about eating, you know. I mean he's just he's grabbing a carb every second he can grab it, just going along chasing that girl, you know. So, I mean that's just So the snake, I think, kind of gets that chemical reaction as well. You know, they're just constantly thinking breeding. And so, you know, one thing, and I don't know if, you know, I'll just tell the audience this too. Um, Don't worry about what you feed your male. Like if you got your male on rats and you've got all your males on rats right now and he shuts down uh, eating and you're a month into breeding, you're like, man throw a mouse in there. If he'll eat it, give him another one. If he'll eat it, give him another one, you know, and just, and then, or if he'll eat an ASF, eat that. I will feed my males whatever it takes to make them eat during breeding season. And so at the end of breeding season, they'll all switch back. I've, i probably only had one or two males that never have went, you know, I fed like a, like 20 mice during breeding season to get him going. And then a month, two months after breeding season, he shut down in his tub. I throw a wrap up in there and you take it again. So, okay. yeah, I mean, don't get scared at that. Just like just just get your animals to eat is the goal as much as possible.
0: Yeah, I have been hesitant to throw a mouse in there. Like I got a male that's off food now. And out of the males that went on food, he's the only one who hasn't gotten back on food. And so I've tried uh, a rat. I've tried an ASF, but I've been hesitant to put like a mouse in there because I didn't want him to get hooked on it. But I might just try a mouse and see if he eats because if he eats. That's great
1: yeah no and then if he does get hooked on it you know it's i do have an acid clown that did get hooked on one a couple years ago they got hooked he got hooked on the mice but i'm kind of glad he did to be honest with you because that was the only thing he ever ended up eating and he would eat every time i would breed an animal he would eat two mice and so he got into this rhythm where it was just like he turned actually into a better animal once i fed him mice
0: oh nice yeah that's good to know so yeah. I offer him a mouse and see what he does with it. Hopefully, he eats it because, like I yeah. said, he was the only one that didn't get back on food.
1: Yeah, you gotta have them carbs, man.
0: <laughs> I had, I got one meal like he was just a stud this year. Like he was off food for like maybe a month, and then he just got back on food like with a vengeance. And he's yeah. put on like two, two fifty, maybe even oh. three hundred grams almost. Like nice. dur- just during the season, like he just been knocking it out. Like, he goes right in there. Gets the business, gets out, and he'll eat. <laughs> like, yeah, you it'd be nice if they were all that way. But these
1: snakes can be touchy.
0: <laughs> like he just puts on a clinic of how you're supposed to do it. Like I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> so what's been some of your biggest uh seasons to date?
1: Uh you know, uh, baby wise or like financially, uh, basically all that kind of, I would say runs together. Mm -hmm. Um, but the last, the last few years have you know, been the best for me through this whole thing, just because I went full time and focused on it and, uh, you know, just continue to want to, want to keep going. I love this actually.
0: Have you had a season where you just kind of like kicked ass with the odds?
1: Um, I, I would say, uh, there was a, like four years ago, I made these freeways called the dirt roads. Um, and they kind of put me, you know, on the map with the freeway thing even more. I mean, it was pretty amazing how many people, you know, kind of knew me over that. But, um, yeah, that year was really good to me, um, because I kind of came out with some like really cool new freeway project animals that no one had ever made before, um, and a lot of people were buying that stuff. And, uh, so it really, that really worked out for me. And then, you know, it's, it's all kind of just evolved from there, of course. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that was, you know, probably that was probably 19, 2019.
0: You said it was called the dirt road. So yeah. Yeah. That's cinnamon, called yellow Billy and what?
1: Uh cinnamon spider freeway is what that was.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And everybody, you know, know hates,
1: you know, everybody's got the spider stigmatism and all that, but, uh, that w- actually, the spider freeways uh, combos actually make some really nice stuff.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, they make some dope combos, like yeah. some really dope combos. This, I mean, I haven't seen very many spider combos that I don't like.
1: I know, I actually love all <laughs> of them part. It's just, I just can't deal with people. I don't want a spider.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I chose not to breed it, but, uh, I got, I still got one spider female in the collection, and she's never been paired. She is a bamboo spider pinstripe, and I think pastel and yellow belly, bamboo. yellow belly too. Bamboo. So yeah, and so I, I that's the only bamboo I got in the collection, and I've thought about pairing her because I saw some nice like acid combos with bamboo. It was yeah. pretty nice. I was like, oh, maybe I'll shoot at that, but I know my luck. Like I get. Seven eggs and six of them would be spider. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's the way I was the last couple years with Freeway because I made so, like, I made I don't know 50 Mardi Gras like two years ago in one year, just. I had a inchy uh asphalt male and he was just like knocking it out of the park every clutch. I was getting like four or five Mardi Gras. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? This this guy's and then I would breed my freeway and I get five clutches of ivories and no freeways and I'm like, Oh my god.
0: So
1: <laughs> yeah, you got you definitely gotta weed through it all.
0: Yeah, I know that that'd be just my look. I'll get like <laughs> six out of seven.
1: But ho- hopefully everything holds right now. I'm, I don't know why, but uh, the first five clutches so far have been really crazy good odds. So I'm just going to hope hopefully this year is uh just maintain. I'm trying to stay humble with it. I'm not trying to count my chickens before they hatch. And I'm just trying to like set back and let the babies hatch and do their thing.
0: So in terms of like acid and stranger stuff. What's the craziest acid thing you have a shot at this year, and what's the craziest stranger combo you got a shot at this year?
1: Uh, probably I should hopefully make a uh, stranger clown hides this year. Okay, I think, th- think those will be pretty nice. Um, and then acid stuff. Um, I've got quite a few chances at acid clowns this year, um, and just some some really co- I think some pretty cool combos are going to come. I have like a leopard spot nose, lace, head clown, female.
0: Oh, nice. uh,
1: Bred to a a pastel spot nose, acid, clown, male. Uh, And he made those babies I just posted up the other day. Um, He's making some beautiful babies already. So I kind of want to hit like this really crazy powerball leopard acid. I just don't know if that's been made yet. This could be really a wild animal.
0: Yeah, that would be crazy. Like the pattern would just be insane. Yeah, it'd be like and a, a long time. <laughs> yeah, that'd be crazy. That'd be yeah. insane. I uh what was I about to say? Oh, did you see I think it was Scott Foster? Yep. but did you see the Confusion Stranger combos that he posted maybe last week or the week before?
1: Yeah, actually I did. I seen one today again uh on Facebook. Uh so yeah, no. It, it looked like to me the the acid is very overpowering, um, and it looks like the if if the acid is going to continue to do this with a lot of stuff, it is going to overpower basically everything for the most part. Because I haven't seen an acid, uh, I haven't an acid clown yet to date that didn't have the acid head to it. Um, you know, like a stranger acid clown, you would maybe think it would take on that mahogany stranger looking head but the acid just overpowered the pattern still again which i do love i think that's great
0: yeah at least it's a nice pattern
1: yes for sure for sure
0: but yeah i, I like those combos like it was pretty they were pretty like dark like it was just yeah you could tell it was different
1: yeah i think you put the black head and the leopard and the spot nose into those combos and like it does yeah those are going to be amazing for sure i want to see what
0: it looks like in ultramel too
1: yeah oh yeah the ultra male stranger is beautiful so you're right that would be a nice one yeah
0: i can't wait to see like ultra male stranger clown i remember uh last tenley levance had a female uh i think she was probably about like six seven hundred grams or something but she was a uh, stranger double head ultra clown Oh, well, that'd be nice yeah yeah so to see the visual of that stranger ultra male clown that'd be dope yeah well, stranger yeah. leopard ultra male clown would be nice stranger spot nose ultra male clown Throw some other stuff in there too. That'd be really nice.
1: (laughs) We could talk for days doing this, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like it's just—that's one of the cool things about it, though. It's like it's unlimited.
1: It is pretty much
0: like it's so many things to still be working.
1: That comment, you know, I'm making these acid clowns right now, and these babies come out—they're just amazing looking. Because you know, I I made a lot of clowns. Everybody makes a lot of clowns, and. But if if the contrast does, that's why I made that comment. You know, the stranger desert ghost clowns are probably going to be a huge step forward in that project just because of the contrast and the pattern they could put into them. So I'm really excited about that.
0: You made a comment, too, about like clown kind of being like your base gene normal with females. So elaborate on that a little bit.
1: Okay. So basically what I've gotten down to is, um, every single animal in your collection, even if you don't have a recessive, you're breeding it basically towards a recessive. Um, so I'm not going to say Kodoms aren't worth anything anymore because they are worth things, um, because there's a lot of beautiful animals. But like in the very beginning here, we were just talking about like bananas and banana yellow, orange dream, yellow bellies, you know, and those females, you know, even like two years ago, I could get like even like eight, nine hundred bucks out of no problem. And now they're like a three hundred dollar snake, you know, and they're more of a pet quality now instead of like people using them into the breeding project. So basically the whole shift of this industry, I personally feel like over the last couple of years is everyone wants to be recessive and double triple recessive with that if they can so if that is where the industry is heading and you are going to become a breeder the clown better be the base cheapest basically thing in your collection is my point gotcha that's what i'm getting at
0: okay that makes sense that makes sense yeah because yeah There's
1: no reason to go out and buy a normal het clown female unless you have like this powerful male and you can take a couple odds or whatever. But if you have the money to buy this powerful male, there's visual clown females on the market available for probably a $1,000. I mean, you probably should just buy those over het and you're like three to four years putting yourself ahead instantly. So, yes, I may like. Offend a few people because they have a lot of codoms in their rack still, and I do too. I understand that, but yeah, I mean, and I say, and when I say this about a clown being your base, uh it's because it's uh, a clown or a pied. I guess I should say it's because they are the two of the most popular assessives there are, and everybody bases everything around clown. So that's why I went that route.
0: Gotcha. And so what's your holdback strategy right now? Are you holding back a lot of hits or are you just pretty much, it's got to be visual for you to hold it back?
1: Uh, no, I'm actually uh, holding back uh, on the high-end projects like the Double head Ultramel Puzzle or uh, the Puzzle Desert Ghost, Exantic, DG, DG, um, there's going to be like like three or four projects there. I will hold back even all the normals that I make. I mean, if I make normal females that are double doublehead DG puzzle, I mean, I put those in the rack and I have the visual. Male in the future, you know, now we're stepping back to where, you know, five years ago or six years ago where, where guys were capitalizing on that wave of clowns. And that's where I talk about the wave coming in. So even like those normal females you breed that to the Desert Ghost uh, puzzle male in the future, even whatever combo you have, a chocolate or an orange dream or whatever, you still have the odds of hitting maybe one per clutch, let's just say on average, seven, eight eggs. And so even those fee in and, and Desert Ghost clowns, even last year were still 10,000, you know, and that, that they were above that for five to six, seven years, a lot of years. So it's positioning yourself for the wave. So, because I... Puzzle DG, we may be like five to seven years before we see a 10K male, um, you know, in that price range, just because there are not that many of them out there. So it's just what I that's just the examples I'm using of how I position myself.
0: Gotcha. So are you do you produce many single hits these days?
1: Um, If I do produce a single head, I pretty much uh, the males, I will wholesale those out to the pet shops. Uh, even if they're like a triple hit, like hypo, clown, pie, just normal male, that just gets straight to the pet shop for $50. Bucks. Uh, now then the females, I capitalize on that because they're always worth something. Um, or I will hold those back, one or the other.
0: Gotcha. So. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And <laughs> I, I
1: am always trying to hold the most powerful animal back, don't get me wrong. But um, if, like right now, Desert Ghost... Uh, puzzle is there's not that much out there so you're pretty much just holding whatever you can
0: that makes perfect sense do yeah. you feel like like the move to doubles and triples and even quads do you feel like the market is moving too quick towards that and what i mean by that like there's still a lot to be done like even in some single recessive combo recessive combos but there's definitely a lot to be done and like plenty of the double recesses and, and the triple recesses obviously there's even more to be done so do you feel like we're moving too fast or do you feel like it's just right what are your thoughts on that
1: i actually think it's probably just right because we've made so many clowns and so many pieds over the last like five years and if you look at morph market there is so many on there that we should be stepping to the double recessive at least clown pied or or hypo clown or hypo pied because you know you throw hypo in there it's one of the more you know abundant recessive so if you don't if those aren't basically your base genes that you're breeding off of in your collection right now this is what they need to be
0: that makes sense it makes perfect yep. sense yep. that makes perfect sense yep. so you've already touched on a lot of it but future of ball python shed like where do you see yourself going like maybe business-wise not necessarily projects but just kind of like in how you operate and execute like your business strategy and how you execute your tactics. Like what do you see lined up for ball Python shed? Um,
1: basically I'm going to just keep rocking it out. Um, you know, I, kind of talk about this a little bit on the road when I'm with Bob, because we kind of have a few little talks every now and then. And it's like, um, we talk about how we want to just hit this as hard as we can, especially on the show side for the next five or six years. And, I mean, you're going to see us grind it as hard as we can and do it and uh, try and capitalize, you know, in the moment and in the movement. And I think after After that, we'll we'll probably be in position to where we don't have to do as many shows. We'll probably be able to, you know, be able to maybe slide back a little bit and do half as many shows. And I would say, uh, I don't even know if I would say enjoy it more because I enjoy kind of going to the shows actually anymore and hanging out. But uh I, I think just after so many years, the show thing could probably slightly burn you out, just the travel part of it.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. How much preparation for you goes into, like, getting ready for the shows? I imagine it's a pretty extensive labor-laden laden process.
1: You know, once you get things lined out, it's actually pretty simple. Um You know, you got your animals that you sell, so you have to like flop those labels and redo a couple animals to, you know, strategize things. But if you have a good team, you know, like we do, I got Kendall that, you know, rides with me and, you know, Bob's got all his guys. And so basically at home preparing is about it. You know, for me, it's very simple because I just lay out all the displays and I just start loading the animals that went to the last show um and then replace new animals that we sold or add in whatever we're adding in and then when we get to the show i mean like i said like kendall he's you know he's been like super you know awesome to have because i don't even have to ask questions he's over there redoing my labels for me he's helping me clean my animals you know and i don't ask any of this stuff he's just you know a genuine person and that's why i think you know the team works so good together and the whole group works so good together because we all just kind of just go for it and You know, I don't know how it is for Bob because I know he has, like, you know, 20 displays worth of animals. (laughs) (laughs) But I think his is pretty well organized, too. He has his racks with everything, you know, like certain animals and certain racks. So I think it's all pretty much basically the same way it is for me, just at a bigger level. That's it.
0: So um, record-keeping-wise, like, what are you using to keep up (laughs)
1: Um, so record keeping for me, I, I write clutches on note cards, uh, at, at my facility. Um, so we'll clutch one and then I write what they are and the sex. And then, uh, basically then I put in my phone, I have my notes and I put clutch, clutch one and I write, I go down through my notes and I'll have every clutch in there. And then as I sell those animals, I go in at the show. As soon as I sell it, I try to go in and then put right next to that clutch and that animal what it sold for
0: gotcha okay so
1: that way like if i'm at the show and things are like chaotically happening i can at least always go back and look at it as a reference and then when i come home i have the card right there so if that tub is open like i sold that i sold that acid clown at the show that tub is still open when we get home yeah i sold it right here and then we just note it on the note card so then everything's doubled up um I'm not a real big computer guy. I need to get better at that, you know, have like a laptop and keep, you know, better track of this stuff. But it, so far it works for me.
0: Yeah, whatever works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> whatever <old> works. <laughs> <laughs> so I imagine just kind of being involved in this, you've learned a lot like over time. So, what's one of the more surprising things that you've learned? Uh, whether it's about ball python breeding, whether it's about kind of yourself and the way you operate, like, what's something that kind of surprised you?
1: Um, I mean, the one thing that probably surprised me uh, the most about this business is um, this community of people is actually uh, a really – I know that everybody says there's, you know, infighting and all this bull crap that happens – But if you look at the big picture, 90% of the people in this business are pretty cool people. And if you need them, you know, to help, they're going to come. You know, I mean, we've, you know, I've helped with a couple of these auctions over the time, you know, to help out with, you know, try and generate some money for some people, you know, in need or something like that. And I mean, it's like me and Bob did that one, you know, a couple of years ago, we generated like 60 grand in four or five days. I mean, that quick. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean. You know, I know that the community has their infighting and all their bull crap that goes on here and there. But for the most part, I think this is a pretty awesome community.
0: Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's, that's so that, yeah. That, that was
1: a surprising thing to me because, I mean, I've been involved in like the whitetail business and the cattle business. And, you know, they maybe did a few things like fundraisers for an FFA thing or something. But they really like if somebody had a problem, they didn't really like go the extra mile to like raise the money to like help the family you know that was in the industry that helped you know so yeah like we did for brian Barcheck, you know and things like that i think those are special moments for us
0: okay yeah like i've heard stories about like long long time ago it wasn't quite as like welcoming and stuff like that but i'm glad it's that way now because like yeah, sure. i've reaped the benefits like of that community in, in so many ways. And that's one of the biggest things that I like about like this whole kind of like reptile breeding experience and getting into the reptiles and the industry and all of that is really the community. Like I met so many different people from so many different walks of life who I wouldn't have come across otherwise if it wasn't for the fact of we enjoy working with reptiles. So it's been pretty cool for me. Like I agree, there is like the infighting and stuff like that. You kind of see it and you just kind of just move past it. Or if you want to participate, I, I imagine like some, you know, people who want to participate, they want to get right in the thick of it. I choose not to do that, but you do. It's gonna. That's part of it, but that doesn't define the hobby, and that certainly doesn't define my experience in this. No, I,
1: I agree with that, hundred percent. You know, yeah, you know, Yeah, we've all got we've all got a few bad apples in the group, but yeah, I mean, I would I would say for the most part, it's yeah, pretty solid.
0: Hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, bro. So. Before I let you get out of here and enjoy the rest of your night, we're coming up on an hour and a half. I do got some random questions for you. Yes. And so, uh the first one is if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Oh man. <laughs> oh man. Hmm.
1: Probably want to move over to Vietnam.
0: <laughs> <laughs> why is that?
1: It's beautiful over there. You live cheap. It's just nice.
0: (laughs) Nice. Nice.
1: I just want to get out of here, man. Have you been? Have you been? No, there's a lot of places I want to visit. Me and Bob talk about going, you know, and doing some little trips like that and stuff. But
0: yeah, I mean, I think
1: it's funny you asked me that, too, because I talk every day with my wife about where we want to go and where we want to end up someday, you know, I love Kansas. I love my farm and all that, but I've been here my whole life. I want to, you know, go do something else.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um, do you, speaking of that, do you find it hard to like get away from uh, on trips and stuff for like extended periods of time because of like having to deal with yeah everything?
1: Yeah. And it's, it's, um, Just mainly, you know, the kids are involved in sports um, and then just the animals around here, you know, and we do have like seven or eight dogs, you know, only a couple of them live inside and the rest do live outside. But it's still, you know, you just you have responsibilities and things. So um, I'm definitely trying to arrange things where I can travel more with the family, because that's probably the worst thing I probably do is not take my family on vacations more. Then, you know, because I'm everywhere. I get to go all over the United States and yeah, we do call it work, but I think we're having a lot of fun while we work too. And I'll right. admit to it. Yeah. I mean, we have a blast. So, uh, so some days, yes, I do feel guilty for that. So I feel like I got to make up for it somewhere, sometime.
0: <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're still kind of like working out the logistics of that and just kind of getting away for extended periods of time. Cause we don't have anybody who can come here and like take care of all the animals and like do everything we need to do like obviously we could board like the dogs but i mean you don't want to board the dogs for an extended period of time right and like going away for like three or four days is fine but once you start getting into like being going a week i don't i don't know how we would do it like right now <laughs> to be yeah, gone right. that long because yeah. you can't like do it for a week and not have anybody come through and like check up on it because I got somebody who can, like, my mother-in-law, like, she can come and take care of the dogs, but she's not going to take care of the snakes. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I don't blame her either, because I wouldn't (laughs) take care of the snakes if I wasn't dealing with snakes. (laughs) Um, And I didn't know nothing about snakes, because back in, like, it has not been that long ago. Like, we just got into it in 2020. But if in 2019 you would ask me to come take care of your snakes, I'd be like, hell no. How many snakes do you guys have now? How many we got like with the babies and everything we got right at about 100.
1: oh wow good for you already man that's a nice solid start yeah for
0: sure i mean it can be as you know it can can be it can be a lot of work and whatnot Yeah. so like to get away from that long, right now we don't have anybody so i will take like time away and like spurts and just deal with it but at some point i will want to get away from like for like a a long period of time but we'll, we'll figure it out when we get there (laughs) <laughs> yeah. No, I
1: get that for sure. That's kind of the way we're taking it right now. We're just uh we're right in the middle of this ball python thing. Like I said in that one thing. We're kinda of, kinda of like living this ball python rock star, you know <laughs>
0: where
1: we're just running the country and selling these snakes and having a great time and you know, at some point, you know it's you know, some of this I'm sure will slow down like everything does in life. But I yeah, just wanna, you know, position myself correctly I think is I think it's just the key for everyone right now in the business.
0: Hundred percent, hundred percent. All right. So next one, if you won ten million dollars tomorrow, how would you use it?
1: Oh man, ten million tomorrow.
0: Ten million smackaroos.
1: Buy a couple <laughs> houses. Probably buy a million dollars worth of snakes for the fun of it. <laughs> No, I don't know. I, I, I'd probably just keep on rocking, uh, let my kids do the ball pythons, and I would probably go to a few shows, too, and just kind of keep it going. I mean, $10 million is a lot of money, but, you know, the government's going to take five of it right off the bat. So <laughs> you're going <have> to have
0: going to have to make
1: some more of it.
0: A hundred percent. Yep. That's one thing that's certain in life is taxes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: No, and the more you make, the more they want too. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. So if you can have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, dead or alive, it doesn't matter. Who it would it be and why? Oh man, dead or
1: alive, who would it be? Wow, man, you got some good questions. <laughs> I could have got <laughs> these before we got on here. Huh? <laughs> Damn. Oh uh, man, there's probably some men. I, I don't really like follow a lot of people for mentorship, but there are probably a few of them out there that have, uh, helped me out along the way. Um, man,
0: whew.
1: I don't even know. Man, that's a good question.
0: <laughs> that's a good idea. I might, that might be the only questions that I send is like the random questions. Like, hey, I'm, an, I'm asking you these.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, a couple minutes to think about a couple. Of, what was the one you asked me earlier, too?
0: The very first, like, random question about yeah, where well, you live?
1: Uh, no, you, on uh, the very beginning of this podcast, you asked me a really good question. I
0: couldn't, uh, mm, I asked a lot of really good questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh i don't know i remember you commenting but i forgot which question it was if somebody yeah. in the chat remember which one you comment on uh, drop it in the chat i can't remember exactly which one it was it might have been about your brand i think
1: yeah it may have been where my brand yeah stands for in the future yeah no i mean i i think just you know, I've got a few boas now, you know, I've got like five boas, so I'll probably maybe like end up having a few boas on the table maybe okay. in the future. Nothing like a lot, but you know, I I like boas. I've always liked boas and they, they actually some of them are more beautiful than the ball pythons, to be honest with you. So it's like I kinda just wanna have a couple little project snakes and mess with that too.
0: What are you working with your boas right now?
1: uh basically just like the call albino jungle stuff and then hopefully try to get some like img into it just just to make some really cool looking things you know babies okay yeah
0: dale said told you your questions were deep (laughs) (laughs) dale's right
1: about that if he's coming on here you better get those first dale
0: (laughs) he was on a couple weeks ago like two or three weeks ago (laughs) <laughs> and he had mentioned it before. <laughs> it's like I'm I'm nervous because Mike asked hard questions. <laughs> yeah, we joked and laughed about it. No, that's good though.
1: You make people think. I like that for sure. Yeah. It's
0: but good. yeah, I like the bull stuff, man. Um, I got five bulls right now, and I meant Fair to say enough. I like the IMG stuff. I got an IMG Motley uh hit called a Vital male. He's insane looking. Like oh I bet. Yeah, he's that's exactly
1: awesome. what I need to buy, actually. Yeah.
0: he's a, at this point he's like pitch black um you can barely see any pattern on him and you gotta like really kind of like be looking looking but he's just like pitch black and a lot of iridescence right now
1: yeah it's gonna make some beautiful stuff <laughs> yeah yeah and people love those solid black snakes i mean they just i made that post of that ultramel heads last night and i got like three messages just they didn't even want the Ultramel. They want that hat that's in there because it's like black almost. I'm like, yeah,
0: sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you look at a picture of him like from when, I, when we first got him, it's like night and day.
1: Like, oh, I bet.
0: Yeah, like if but you didn't know about IMG, you wouldn't even believe it was the same snake.
1: He just gets darker and darker then. Darker and darker, every shed. Oh, very nice. Yeah, he's got
0: like one little piece of white by his cloaca.
1: Yeah. And that's <laughs> it. Yeah, no, oh, that'll be yeah. so you're right there with me. You got, I got five and you got five. So, okay, okay, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah I got five on it. <laughs> oh, that's
1: cool. Hell yeah, <laughs> we'll have to compare notes
0: for sure, for sure. Yeah, all right, bro. So, it's been great, man. We're right up on an hour and a half. I try to wrap them up at an hour and a half, uh, just okay. to be respectful of everybody's time. But before we wrap it up for the night, is there anything you want the audience to know? want to share
1: uh, I, I just want to thank everybody for always supporting me and uh always just being real nice to me and uh you know, I mean,
0: the community's always
1: been great. So hopefully I can give back or do what I need to do to uh do the same for everybody else.
0: Nice. Thank, nice, thank man. You. I really appreciate you coming on the show too. Really appreciate yeah. it. Been really looking forward well, for to it. Me. Yes sir, yes sir. Anytime. You're always welcome back, brother too. So anytime. Awesome. everybody in the chat man appreciate the support each and every week thank y'all for coming out um, love y'all
1: man thank you
0: for sure for sure if you didn't catch it from the beginning please go back check the replay check us out next week each and every thursday check us out 8 p.m eastern standard time uh brandon what's good bro brandon will be on the show soon and i saw uh charlie in the chat as well uh from reagan renee he will be on the show soon so we got some We got some dope guests lined up, so I really appreciate all the support, all the feedback, all the love. Really appreciate it. Can you hang around for a few minutes? Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank y'all for coming out. Be blessed. Peace. Peace.